Hello, I'm Owen. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad you're listening. For more information on all that's going on at Wellspring, please visit www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. starting a new series this Sunday morning in Colossians. And just kind of as we get started, the first eight verses um, being the introduction. Paul, the apostle, is writing to the saints, the faithful brethren in Christ at Colossae. And this is not a, this is not a church that uh, Paul had founded, but uh, Paphras, who was a a faithful minister to them had told Paul of their, of their salvation and how that they had uh, begun to have their faith and trust in the Lord. And Paul, as he writes this letter, he's, a, he's in prison. This is a prison epistle, but he writes uh, to them um, knowing that, uh, first off, thanking God for their, for their uh, salvation, their faithfulness, and how that this had brought him uh, so much joy to hear of their faith and this church that had been started there, but there had been uh, some influences that were influencing them negatively, and so he addresses those as the as the book uh, the letter continues to counter with sound doctrine. Um, but what we're going to cover this morning in this chapter is what Paul how he starts after the introduction. He establishes them the church. In, in Christ, that Christ is exalted, um, that their foundation, I mean, he is our rock. And if we build on anything else, it's sand. And uh, he, he establishes that in this first chapter. And that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to cover this morning. And I believe it's important for every church to be established on Christ and to know Christ and to grow in our knowledge of Christ. And not just every church, 
but every individual because the churches are made up of individual believers. And so that each and every individual believer is growing in their knowledge of Christ and in their fellowship with him. So let's begin Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. He says, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. So Paul is telling them of his, his prayer for them. And to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his good, glorious power, with all patience and long suffering, with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. In whom, in his dear son, in Christ, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So he begins here as he's telling them his prayer for them, that they grow in the knowledge of Christ and in God's will for their life. He begins to talk about them, about the work of Jesus Christ, his redeeming power through his shed blood on the cross, that he has the power to forgive us, to forgive us. Who is Christ to the believer? Who is Christ to the church? He is our Savior. That's what he's saying. He is our deliverer, that he has delivered us from the power of darkness and he has uh, translated us. He, He is our redeemer. He's our Savior. He said that he made us meet. That means that he has made us fit or he is uh, 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 making us, transforming us. What? He is preparing us, not just for this life, which he is preparing us for this life, but he is preparing us for eternity, for our inheritance. He is preparing us for death. That although we do sorrow when we miss a loved one or don't, uh, you know, these things, we are prepared to know that we have eternal life through the resurrection that is in Jesus Christ. He's prepared us for this life, made us meet. He's prepared us for eternity. He's doing a work in our lives, reconciling us to God. He mentions that again in Colossians chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. He says... And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be things in heaven or things, or things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. And so who is, who is Christ to us? He is the one that has reconciled us to God, enabled us, made us meet to be in a right relationship with God. I know we've said this a lot of times, but there is no way that any individual 
would be in a right standing with God without the work of Jesus Christ. He's our Savior. He's our Deliverer. He's our Redeemer. He is all these things to us and to the church. Secondly, it's found in uh, Colossians 1 and verse 15. It says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? So not only is He our Savior, but let's be clear, the Lord Jesus Christ is God. And I know that that seems um, somewhat um, um, basic, if if you will, but, but in this country, in the United States of America today, that needs to be said. There are a lot of people that will acknowledge a God or God or all these different things, but who is God? That's a really important question that we have to answer and need to answer. The Lord Jesus Christ is God. It says, who is Christ? Is the image of the invisible God. Paul says that same thing in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, preaching about the gospel. He says, 2 Corinthians 4, 3, but if the gospel be hid, it is hid from them that are lost, in whom the God, the small g of this world, hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. Who is Christ? He is God. Lest the image of, uh, who is the image of God should shine upon them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord. And ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You know what the gospel is when we preach the gospel? We are revealing the face of Jesus Christ. When we preach the gospel, we are shining Christ's light into a dark world. And when an individual looks into, sees who Christ is, you know who they see? They see God. They recognize Him as God. Who is Christ? He is God. That's why we preach. We preach that people could know God. But who do we preach? Do we preach ourselves? No. Who do we preach? We preach the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the way that an individual can know God. That light shines into darkness. And their eyes spiritually, their spiritual eyes are opened to see one, who Christ is. He's our Savior. The one who died for our sins and reveals Christ to them. If you take your Bibles and go to the book of Hebrews chapter 1. It's an interesting book in the Bible because the writer is writing to the Hebrew people and convincing them that Christ is the way to God, that he is better than all the Old Testament um, established religion, that Christ now has fulfilled those things and fulfilled the prophets and made a way that people can be in a right relationship with God. The Hebrew people... Of all people in the world, thought they knew God. I mean, if you would have gone to any of them, you know, do you know who God? Yes. They thought that they knew God. They believed that He was the Creator, right? 
They believed. He gave them the law of Moses. He spoke to them through the prophets. But what's interesting is when God manifests in the flesh, came to earth and stood before them and preached to them, they did not recognize him for who he was. Isn't that interesting? Any of them, you'd have said, do you know God? Yeah, I know God. But when Christ was there, you know what? They did not know him. John said about this, that he came unto his own and his own received him not. Right? And so when the writer of Hebrews addressing them on this issue, when he starts his letter, when he starts this epistle to the Hebrews, where would he start? Where would he start? He would start with the Lord Jesus Christ is God. That's how he starts. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1. God. Well, they knew who that is. They're okay with that so far, right? I'm okay with that. God. We can talk about God. The, the Hebrew people. Who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Yeah, we can follow that. We believe that. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he, Christ, his Son, made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, and what? Express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. You know how he begins his letter to to them? God, who you say that you believe in, is the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what he's saying? If you were to walk and to look into the eyes of God, to see him, You would be looking into the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the express image of His person. He is God manifest in the flesh. That's how He starts His letter, to establish this. Why? Because it's so important. (laughs) It's so important for each and every individual. It's so important for us. It's so important that... You say, I want to know God. And, and that's a great thing. I, want, I desire to know God and to know more about God. Well, we can through his word. We can know about God. And one of the greatest ways to learn more and more about Jesus is the song that we sang about this morning is to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You say, why? Because it tells us of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the express image of God. We learn as we read those Gospels that God, because of His grace and because of His mercy, became triune, became three persons that He might reveal Himself to us. See, we wouldn't know God had He not revealed Himself to us. Boy, we would have a lot of different thoughts about God had He not been born of a virgin and lived among us and was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. He lived among us, and so we can know Him. John said about that, and you know, writing years later, he says, and the Word, 
capital W, and the Word, Christ, was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And as he writes to the Hebrews here, he tells them kind of two things, mentions two things about Christ being God. He says that he upholds all things by the word of his power. Like he's holding us up. He's holding us all together. And it says that he himself purged our sins. He took our place. That's what we talked about last week. He became our atonement. He became our Passover lamb. That's what Paul the Apostle talks about in Colossians. You can go back there. As again, he's establishing the same thing for this church at Colossae. See, the church has to be, and our lives have to be, built upon the Lord Jesus Christ and who he is. Who he is. Yes, he's Savior. Absolutely. Yes, he is God. The Lord Jesus Christ is the creator. He's the creator. There is no, there's no coincidence that the Bible starts in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the way that it does. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. He is the creator of all things. It says in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 6, again, talking about His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 16, excuse me. It says, For by Him, Christ, were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and what? For Him. And He is before all things. And by Him all things Consists. That's, those are some pretty powerful verses, aren't they? That he's the creator of all things everywhere. Everything that you and I can see, he made it. Everything you and I can't see, <laughs> he created it. He made all things in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible. That's why the writer of Revelation says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Why do we worship the Lord? Because He made us. (laughs) Why do we sing praises to Him? Because He is the Creator. The Lord Jesus Christ is the Creator. He is before all things, before the earth was. Before the heavens, He was. He is the I Am. John starts his gospel that way, which is a different way of starting the gospel than the other ones. You think of Luke, who starts his gospel with the human birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. But John starts his gospel different. Not in in Bethlehem, not born of a virgin, but... In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word, what? Was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. By who? By the Word. 
the Lord Jesus Christ. And without him was not anything made that was made. This breaks it down pretty simple, right? Everything everywhere was made by him. And the life was the light of men. It's interesting while Jesus is here on earth teaching to his people that he was the light of the world. That they must believe on him and trust in him to have light. And the Pharisees, the religious crowd of that day, was arguing with the Lord Jesus Christ, not believing that he was God. They did not believe that. And he tells them in that passage, you read the whole, whole chapter of John chapter 8. The, again, I've got to say this a little bit. These, th- this group of people, the Pharisees and the, and the, and the you know, the, the ones that were arguing with them in this passage, they made their living. They made their, they, their life consisted on that they were the way that people needed to get to get to God. It wasn't just like they were like part-time religious. These were like full-time religious people. Like if you want to get to God, you've got to go through me type attitude. And these are the ones that the Lord Jesus Christ looked at them and said, you don't know God. You talk about him. You talk about him all the time. You, you, you act like you have the corner on the market to it. But you don't even know it. For if you knew him, you would know me. And because you don't know me, you don't know him. Because there's one way to God. And it is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to say, and this must have been a shocker to them all. Ye are of your father, the devil. Boy, that would be a shocker to someone who thought that they kind of controlled the religious market in those days. He says, you don't know me. You don't know God. And they said, we're not of our father, the devil. Our father is Abraham. That's where they go with this. We are special because we are the descendants of Abraham. And the Lord spoke back to him on that and says, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he, and he saw it and was glad. You say, how? By faith. By faith. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and how... And hast thou seen Abraham? And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. He said, I am. I am the eternal God. I am Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am he that was and is and is to come. The almighty God. They were standing there looking into the face of God himself and telling him about God. That they're the ones that know. And he's saying, you don't know. I am God. Not only is he before all things, but in both of those passages, it says by him, by the Lord Jesus Christ, all things consist by his word. By his word. Now, we've preached about the fear of God before. And, you know, it's amazing to me that people do not have a fear of God. It's amazing. People will fear things like global warming 
or some sort of global catastrophe. But yet they don't fear the God that holds it all together. The one that keeps us in orbit. The one that keeps us stuck to the earth. The one that, you know, holds our molecular composition. I mean, without him, we would... Do you believe that? That by his word, we are held together. That we consist. I mean, he spoke us into existence. If there was anything you were to fear, it would be him. The one that holds us all together. By him, all things Consist. He is the source of life. That's what John told us in his gospel. That he is the source of life. That he breathed into Adam's nostrils. The breath of what? Life. Without it, he was just dust. Formed up in a nice shape. But when he breathed into him, he became a what? A living soul. That was the Lord Jesus Christ did that for us. He's the source of life. And he is also the source of eternal life. He's the source of eternal life. He continues. Not only is he, is he the savior? Is he God? Is he the creator? But there's more. Look at verse 18. As Paul is establishing to the church at Colossae who Christ is. In verse 18, it says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning and firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. He, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the head of the body. He's the head of this church. He's the head of the local church. And he's the head of the, the church of all who have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ and been born again world around. He's the head of the church. Now, this was a mystery. This was a mystery in the Old Testament that the people would not have known that both Jews and Gentiles, bond and free, male and female, all together, part of the same body, the church. This was not known. This was revealed through the Apostle Paul. And the church now is what Christ is doing. You say, what is this God, the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom Paul is describing? What is he doing in the world today? He told us, he said that he will build his church. He's building his church. He is, he is redeeming those that will follow him, that will trust in him, that will believe in him. And it's so important to the Lord Jesus Christ that he says that he gave himself for it, the church, that he might sanctify it, right? That he might cleanse it, that he might present it unto himself, a glorious church. The Lord Jesus Christ is the head of the church. You know, you start to think, well, what are we supposed to do here in this earth? He's called us to be the light. Listen, the, the Lord will show us. He will teach us. He will direct us. That's what the head does. He will direct the body. You don't have to worry about it, right? That's why it's so important for every individual and for every church to follow Christ. We've talked about in, in Revelation in the church of Laodicea where, where it seems though that the Lord is an outsider in the church. 
Again, the church was his idea. Right? The church was something that he uh, is going to build. This was something that he was going to do. But yet, we as humans get so um, off track, uh, stuck on ourselves. Maybe so many within the church are not even born again, that don't have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of them, that it can get to a place where the Lord Jesus Christ is outside. The only thing that makes this really great church this morning is that the Lord is with us. Where two or three are gathered together, He promised that He'd be there. If we, if we ask Him, He'll show up. And we seek Him in His name. That's what's, if He wasn't here, what would this be? This would be nothing. This would just be a social gathering. This would just be a, you know, a, a, a club, a whatever. It, wouldn't, it would just be a... But with Him, that's what makes all the difference. What is a body without a head? A corpse. I mean, it's dead. You say, what, what's a church without Christ? Dead. No life. Completely ineffective. Completely unable to do what we've been called to do. So the body has to, to seek the head. Put the head in its rightful place. You know where the head needs to be? In its rightful place. We should all be careful to do that. We've said this right from the very beginning about Wellspring. There are no big shots here. There's one. And it is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one that paid for our sins. He's the only one that is uh, able to help us and deliver us and lead us and to guide us. So we keep Christ in his rightful place. The preeminence. That's what he's talking about. The preeminence. Who's important at the church? The Lord Jesus Christ is important at the church. If, if we get the head right, everything else will, will fall into place. All the other members of the, of the body would start to work out in the right place. Where do we take our orders from? Where do we take our commands from? Where? The head. I mean, it's obvious, right? What if the hand just did what it wanted to do and didn't listen to the head? It'd be a mess. You say, why does the hand have to hear the commands from the head so that the whole body can function in the right way so that everything gets done how it's supposed to get done that's why we all follow the Lord Jesus Christ keep him first and foremost keep him as the head he has he has to have the preeminence in the church That's why we sing to Him. That's why we worship Him. That's why we focus on Him. That's why we pray in His name. That's why we preach His Word. We do not preach ourselves. We don't preach human philosophy. We don't preach motivation. We preach the power of the Holy Spirit through the work of Christ and the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We preach His Word. It's all about Christ. It's all about Him. He has to have the preeminence. We bring him glory. Why? Because he saved us. He delivered us. Why? Because he made us. Because he sustains us. By him we consist. Because he's God. Why? Because he is the rightful head of the church. He is that place. And so it was Paul's writing to the church. And before he addresses any of the of the issues where they need sound doctrine. You know what he lays? He lays a solid, firm foundation. Do you know what the solid, firm foundation of the church has been for the last 
2,000 years? The Lord Jesus Christ as who He says He is. And, and God's people believing in every language, in every country, in every place that the Lord Jesus Christ is who He says that He is. One more. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. It says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, here's the mystery that he made known, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. This Christ, this God that was before all things, that made all things, that has all power in heaven and earth, is in you, the believer. The one that has trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior. You say, what is this mystery of the indwelling Christ? It is what Christ had promised before he ascended into heaven. That he would send the Comforter. That he would send the Holy Spirit that would dwell inside of us. That would live inside of us. That would seal us until the day of redemption. That would teach us all things. As according to his will, that he was our comforter, that he was our teacher. You know what? We can believe as the church that, yes, we're here in a dark world in which the God of this world is blinding the minds of them that are lost. And we have a a job to do to be a light. But listen, we also have the power of the Lord Jesus Christ inside of us, enabling us, empowering us to go forward. To, to continue on in the good fight of the, of the faith. Why? Because we have Christ in us. You say, what does that do? It shows us the hope that we have. The hope of glory. That be of good cheer that we talked about. In closing, this letter to the early church, establishing their hearts in the faith, their minds in the faith of Christ. That's where he begins. And that's where we need to begin. And that's not just where we need to begin. But that's where we need to go back to all the time. Is who Christ is. Who Christ is to us as the church. He's the head. Right? Who is Christ? That's a very important question that each person has and I believe must Answer. Jesus asked that question to his disciples, didn't he? He said, who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I am? And what was Peter's response? Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. My question to you this morning, not have you always believed that there's a God? or Do you believe in God? Or do you believe that God created all things? But have you ever, have you ever, Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, who is God, the creator of all things, who died for our sins. Have you ever done that? That he died for our sins, that he rose from the dead, that he might, that you might, that we might have eternal life. If not, can I tell you, today's the day. Today's the day of salvation for you to ask the Lord Jesus Christ, say, I am putting my Faith and trust in you for salvation. And you alone, who is the eternal God, who is my Savior and my Deliverer. If you've never done that, today's the day to pray and ask the Lord to save you. He says that if you ask, that He will. 
that he will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He came to us, God, the eternal God, manifest himself to us, came to us in human flesh that we might know God. He gave us salvation through salvation that we might be reconciled to God. He came to make us a new creation, a new creature. How is that? By being born again. Not only did He make us, but He sustains us. He sustains us. By Him we consist. (laughs) And it will continue, everything will continue to consist until He says with His powerful word, no more. And then this earth will pass away. That's what the Bible says. And with his word, he will create a new heaven and a new earth. He holds us together. He is the head. He's the head of this local church. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that awesome to know? But he's also the head of the church of the living God worldwide for all believers who have trusted in him. Now he's given us his spirit. The Holy Spirit that will empower us, that will teach us, that will comfort us, that will help us throughout this life. Christ in you, the hope of glory. taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website or write to us at 2094 East State Route 73, Waynesville, Ohio, 45068. And feel free to visit us if you're in the South Dayton, Ohio area.